So we're going to start the fourth parak of Megillah. Parak begins, So we're going to discuss in this parak is a couple things. First of all, it has uh, pretty much nothing to do with Megillah. It has to do with um, Beis HaKnesses, Kedusha's Beis HaKnesses, how to sell a Beis HaKnesses are complicated. Uh, halachas, it, it, it twists throughout the Rishayim and, and in the place game. So, but if you want to put it into three categories, the selling a Beis HaKnesses and the like, they're selling Tashmishe Kedusha, that means, like, for instance, a, a prototypical example of Tashmishe Kedusha would be, like, the cover of a Sefer Torah, something used for Kedusha. Uh, and Tashmishe Mitzvah, which we'll get to, we'll touch on all these today. Tashmishe Mitzvah means, let's say, like, the Lulav is a Tashmishe Mitzvah. You used it to do a Mitzvah. So what is the din? How do you dispose of that? And what is the din of its Kedusha? Now, the parak starts with, B'nei al-ir shemachru rechay v'shal-ir. That if the, if the people in the city sold the city street, and we'll have to see why is this have any shaykhs, why isn't this like a municipal government thing? Why is there any shaykhs to Kedusha? So they sold the city street. Leichin bedama beisakneses. So you buy with it a beisakneses. So you are what's called Milam Bakaydesh Vemaridin. So we said Besakneses, so three way machlaikis, what is the Kedusha Besakneses? Is it does it have its own Kedusha of a Mikdash Ma'at? Is it does it fit into the category of Tashmishek Kedusha? This is a Machlaikis Rishainim, or Tashmishek Mitzvah. Okay? But either way, what this mission is coming to tell us is the din, as we're all familiar with, a Milam Bakaydesh Vemaridin. So you sell Rechay of lower, le- lower level of Kedusha. We'll have to see again why it has Kedusha. You have to buy with that money a a base hakneses. Base hakneses leichin teva. If you sell the base hakneses, then you, you have to buy a teva aroin. Teva leichin mitpachas. If you sell the aroin, you have to buy with it something that's more kadosh. That's a mitpachas, or mitpachas is a cover, like the mantle, the cover of the Sefer Torah. That is higher level of kadosh. So the closer you get to the Sefer Torah, the higher level of kadosh. Mitpachas yichu bahen. Svarim. Rashi says it's sifrei nach. Nevim eksuvim. You buy svarim. Svarim loichin Torah. So then we work your way up. So it's Sifrei Kedusha. So we went from, right? We went from a street to the house, the shul, essentially, to the Aroin, right? So we see how we're going, Malam B'Kaidish, to the cover of a Sefer ter- of, of Svarim. Svarim themselves, meaning not Sefer Torah, Svarim themselves, so you have to buy with that money, you have to buy a Torah. Avalim Machru Torah, so that's Malam B'Kaidish, Avalim Machru Torah Le'ichu, Svarim, Svarim Le'ichu, Mitzvachas, Mitzvachas, Le'ichu, Teva, Teva, Le'ichu, Bezaknesas, Bezaknesas, Le'ichu, Esrechayim, Rechayim, and Meisrehim. Okay, so we see, Malam B'Kaidish, Vein Meiridin. Okay, so too, with the Meiser, meaning you go ahead and you sell something for $100, and the market went down, right? So now you can get it for a lot cheaper. You still have to use, so you have extra money. Excess funds also need to be Milam B'Kaidash, okay, Valim Meridin, not just the Iker funds. That's where they went to for, like, um... Yeah, then we're going to get there in a second. Yeah, yeah. So, we're going to get there in a second. So that's... So, I... Fine, we'll, we'll do this part of the Gemara, and then I just want to... I want to talk out about as far as selling a basic message, because it's very complicated. We're going to have... Otherwise, if, if we don't put it into some sort of order, it's going to get very complicated. Zach the Gemara. B'nei shall ear. Amar, right? So why are we saying that Rechayva has... It's the lowest level, but why are we saying it has any Kedusha? So... This is the Stam Mishnah of Ramanacham Bar Yosi. This is the second time we had a Sittumta. We had a Rakiva Sittumta earlier, way back at the beginning of the Masechta. This is the Stam Mishnah of Rabba Bar Chana, of, of Ramanacham Bar Yosi. 
There is no Kedusha in a Rechayv. Okay, so this Mishnah is going like a specific Tana that holds the Rechayv has a Kedusha. But Menachem Bar Yosi, my time. Huh? Why is there Kedusha to a street? Since the people, we use it for, like we discussed in Tainus, that they used to use the street to daven Tainus and Mamadais. Okay, now by the way, this Mamadais is a long Rashi over here. Rashi says, what are you talking about? They didn't use it for Mamadais. It was only Tainus. Okay, and he has one way of answering it, which is Mamadais. They would go into, they would have like these little shtiblach off the street. It was basically like on the road where my mothers would go to when it was a little tiny shul and therefore it would automatically spell out into the street. My mother, so they, they dive in the shul, not in the street, but it would spell into the street. Or he says that there are a bunch of other people so we take out my mothers here. But either way, the Rechayv, certainly for tiny ice, they would use the streets. And therefore, it has some sort of condition. Rabbanon saying that, no, it was only... It was only a kroy. It was only used intermittently once in a while. And therefore, it seems like over here that when we talk about this, so, so therefore it didn't reach the level to be infused with Kedusha. So we see here that when something, and that, that's uh, at least we'll see this theme running that, that there's, it's not just necessarily a bylos, and we're going to get into this in a moment here, but there's also a concept of Kedusha. Okay, that if, if it's used for if, if we would use it, Lamaisa, for davening all the time, so then it would have a Kedusha. So the Rabbanon hold, that no, arguing this Machleg is but the Rabbanon hold that if it's only used once in a while, it's Akroi Ba'alma, Rashi says, Enoi Tadir. And therefore, it wouldn't reach the level necessary to have Kedusha to fit into this category. Okay, now let's move on. Let's talk about selling a shul. So, we'll preface this with, there, there's two different rules. And the Gemara will get to this in a moment here, but just to keep things uh, clear, there's two different rules. There is kfarim, shuls that belong to a, a village, and there's shuls that belong to a city. Okay, now the Mishnah was talking about shuls, and we'll see this in a moment here, that you can sell a shul. What we're saying is if you sell a shul that belongs to a village, we're going to see you can't really sell a shul that belongs to the city, unless there's some caveats there. Shul that belongs to a village, when you go ahead and sell it, Someone makes a decision to go ahead and sell it. The money has to go myelin bikadusha. Okay? Because nothing occurred. We sold the shul, shul, shul turned into money, and we now have to use those funds for Tashbishek Kedusha. However, there is a concept, and we'll see this as we go through, of selling Bizayin Toivim ear. We could wash the money. So that is talking about when we had a village shul that was just sold. What do you do with the money? Could be, maybe it was even Bidyevit. Maybe you're not supposed to sell it. But it was Bidyevit, it was sold. So what do you do with the money? There is a concept of selling what we call Zayin Toibe Ir Ir. That the city council or representatives of the city could actually sell it. And it's an effective sale in as much that it actually washes the Kedusha out. So what, they have the ability when we talk about a village shul. A city shul, though, you can't just sell. Okay, that's, let's, let's start with those basic rules and then we'll see how everything kind of fills in. Bas- huh? Well, meaning it no longer retains the Kedusha. They have the ability to sell the shul and the, the money no longer has the Kedusha. You don't have to follow these rules. So these rules, basically what we're saying is, the rules in our Mishnah that says, is only a village shul that was sold not w- with authority, it was sold. Now, what do you do with the money? You have to use it for something more Kaddish. 
But that doesn't mean that a shul always needs, the money from a shul always needs to go to something more kaddish. Okay? Exactly. So we'll see, we'll see all sorts of rules and caveats over here. Now, so we said if you sell a shul, you buy within an aron. So like we said, our Mishnah is only talking about a shul of a village. But a shul that's in a big city, since everyone uses it, people come from all over to use it. So, you can't sell it at all. So this whole mission is only talking about a village shul that was sold, but a city shul can't be sold because big city, everybody uses it. Okay, people come from all over. So it's a very general term saying city, people use it. So there are three basic ways to understand what is this me'alma asu? Who, what is the significance that everybody uses it? So the Pashan answer that we want to say is, okay, well, it's public property public domain, no one individual has the right, or no individual, or group of individuals, it belongs to the public, it belongs to the public, so you can't sell it. So that is one way to explain it. There are different nafkaminas, so we'll say there's three different ways to, three different ways to explain this concept of saying that a big city shul, because the havalei dirabim, me'alma asu havalei dirabim, what does that mean? So the number one way of explaining it is the Arzura says that when they come to build it, because it's a big event, in those days, it was a big event to build a shul. You didn't just put up a shul. It, was, it could take decades. It could take a long time. So people come from all over to build it. And therefore, you don't really know who participated in it and who has bylaws. Then it's a bylaws issue. Who participated in it who has bylaws in it. And since we don't know, so you can't go ahead and sell it. You don't have bylaws in a shul. You don't have, like, it's not like a stock that can buy. It's your giving tzedakah. And that's, you don't have like a... Well, who does it belong to? Who does it belong to? To the Okay. It belo- no, that's what I'm saying. It belongs to a group of something. Now, it's a community. It's the whole world. So the way of explaining it here is since potentially anyone in the world or anybody that could have possibly, they could, right over the span of decades it could have taken to build it, anybody could have participated. We don't know. Therefore, it's a bylaws issue. That's what we're trying to say. That's the first way of explaining it. Nafkamina would be, let's say, I did know. Let's say we knew we had a ledger that said exactly who participated in the building of the shul, who donated to the big plaque. Only these people participated, right? And we know. So then it seems like if it's a bylaws issue, if you can nail down who the bylaws are, then you would be able to sell it. Okay, that's one way of explaining it. The second, the second way of explaining it is, like Rashi seems to say, the Ron says this as well, that the people built it, even if you knew the defined donor list, Still, what was the das of the people building it? They were building a landmark shul, a big shul in a big city. And they know they're building it al das that everybody should come and use it. Not just the people in the city, not only the donors. It's built for everybody, that everyone's going to come from all over. And therefore, since it was built al das, anybody or people from all over, therefore, again, bialim issue, but an unsolvable bialim issue, which is we built it al das of anybody. And therefore, it belongs to everyone, and therefore nobody has the right to sell it. But there is a third answer, and we alluded to this before. Taisa says, Kivan the Ladas Oisan Rabim Nasa Chamura Kedusha Saivain Yechola Maichrai. That he says that it's a din in Kedusha. That when there's a certain Rabim, it was given over to the Rabim to use, that's one of the answers that Taisa gives. The second one is more of a, again, Bailam issue. 
But, um, so that's a third way of explaining it. So either it's a bilum issue solvable, bilus issue unsolvable, because it could potentially be anybody, or like Tesla says, no, it's a din in Kedusha. It's not about bilum, it's about Kedusha. And a big city, because it was done, Aldas Rabim, it has a higher level of Kedusha, can't be sold. Now, the Nafkamina would then be certainly, um, uh, like we said, the Nafkamina is, is it communal property or is it a din in Kedusha? Um, now the Shulchan Aruch says, just so that we can, and we'll try to, some of this won't be able to be tied up nicely in a bow, but some of it maybe we'll be able to fit in. So the Shulchan Aruch says that Shal Krachim, so even if we know who built it, still, you can't go ahead and sell it. Okay? So why? Because the Mishabur explains, seems like Rashi's limkar, Shema, you have no right to sell it. Right? They built it in mind with whoever, whoever wants to use it can use it. And therefore, there might be somebody who used to go there and use it. And we don't know who that person is, so therefore we can't go out and sell it. Vildas Huktusha, and that was the purpose. Vuhu Enoi Maskim, right? And maybe that was the purpose when, when they founded it. The mission was as a shul for people who want to come daven in it. And therefore it was done Aldas them, therefore we have no right to sell it. However, the Mishabura Paskins have one caveat here, and we're going to see this theme in the Gemara. So it obviously trickles through the Rishainim, but there is one caveat here. Aval Imbarur Deloid Banu Ella Adaitam. If we know. If we know that it was built with like a Tanai saying, no, we're building this based on our Das. I don't care how big the city is. I don't care how big the shul is. But it was done with a Tanai. Then, so we know that it said, these people, there's like a statement, right? A plaque in there. It says, these people built the shul. They founded it and it's on their Das. They have the right to do whatever. It's like a Tanai built in and then they could go ahead and sell it. Okay. So, um, it would have a din like a kfar. Okay, so we see the concept over here of a shul that's a, that's a krach. And we're going to see these concepts and that's why I felt like it was important to just talk about how it's in halacha because we're going to find the pieces of how the Mishnah got to his pshat based on, on our Gemara here. Obviously, as it cycles through the Rishonim and Achorinim. Amar Rav Ashi. Hai be kinista de Yes, Rav Ashi says, the shul in Masa Mechasya, afal gav, de me'alma asula, right, even though it was a public use building, Ah, who's Das? Like we said here, Das matters at the beginning. It was done on my Das. I can go ahead and sell it. Yeah, big city shul, doesn't matter. Done on my Das, therefore I can sell it. These were the Tzurfin Choshes. Five dollars for anybody who knows where we had Tzurfin. Okay, time's up. No, we had the Tursayim. Those were the those were Tursayim Hayu, the uh, big the. Uh, um, no, we just had the oh, gosh now, big samisarish. We're Tursayim. Okay, Shayib Yushalayim Shemachru Rabbi Lezer Ba'asa Ba Kol Tarkov. Okay, so Yushalayim Shemachru Rabbi Lezer Ba'asa Ba Kol Tarkov. So again, they they had the Tursayim Nechayshes. These were the iron makers, so they were in Yushalayim, that they had their own little tradesman shul. And they sold it, right? sold it, it was part of a big city. It was in Yushalayim. That's a big city. So the Gemara says, 
Yeah, but like we just saw our caveat, Hahibe Kinista Zuti Hava, it was a smaller one, Ve'inu Abdua, it was they made it for them. So it was like, again, built in today. So we see that even by a Besa Knesses of the Krachim, if it's done in the right way with a Tanai, I'll das them for their use. So then you can go ahead and possibly sell it. Maysve, we have a Kasha over here. Now, let's just introduce this Kasha. So if you want to talk about ownership, okay? So the din is that Saras can only be Mitama, a house, if it's an ownered, an, a house that has an owner. If it doesn't have an owner, then it's not going to be Mitama. So that's the typical example. If you want to establish whether something has bias or not, we would go with Tsaras is the bias Tameh if it gets Tsaras. So now the Pasuk says, Bebeis Eretz Achuzaschem. Right? That the Pasuk says when you talk about Tsaras. That if it's Bebeis Eretz Achuzaschem. We see Achuza, right? That's a ownership, bias. Achuzaschem, Betameh Benagayim. Only something that has Bailim would be Metameh Benagayim. And Yushalayim, Metameh Benagayim. Yushalayim is not Metameh Benagayim. Why? I'm a Rabbi Yehuda, Anila Shemati, Alamakam Mikdash Belvad. So Rabbi Yehuda says, right, that it's only the Makam Mikdash that cannot be metama with saras because the Malka Mikdash does not have Bailam. Ha, Bate Kinesiyah, so Bate Midrasha is metamen. Ah, it said only the Malka Mikdash. So we see Rabbi Yehuda holds that shuls could be metama. Amai, ha, de krachen havo. So why is it metama? Like we said, rule number one is because it's metama because it has defined Bailam. If it doesn't have Bailos, then it can't be metama. So how could you say that only, I can Rabbi Yehuda say that only the Makkah Mikdash isn't Metama because it doesn't have Bailam, Mashma, the shuls would be. Kasha, so the Gemara says, Eima, I'm Rabbi Yehuda, Ani lo shemati ele not Mikdash, but rather it's Mikudash. Any place with Kedusha, meaning he's including shuls in that, and shuls, again, of Krachim, of big cities, would, it would be Rabbim, they would, would be considered, they wouldn't have a defined owner, and therefore they're not Matab and Benagayim, and that is, fits in line with what we're saying, that it can't be sold because it doesn't have, it's what we call Tashmishe Rabbim. Now, Bemaikamifligi, <clears throat> now off on a little bit of a tangent over here, and we've had this before, what is this Machlekes between the Tanakh and Rabbi Yehuda, whether Yushalayim has Kedusha, whether the Mikdash, or Makamakudash, like we said, or, um, why the Tanakhama says Yushalayim ain't Metam Benagayim. So what is the Machlekes? Tanakhama Savarlin is Chagol Yushalayim Lishvatim. So the Tanakhama holds that no, nowhere in Yushalayim could, would it have, would, would Tsaras, would it have Tumas Tsaras because Yushalayim was not Nishakol Lishvatim. It was never divided up and therefore nobody really owns it. It's, it, it, it's, uni- it's universally owned and therefore since it doesn't have Bailam, it's not going to be Matam and Vitzaras. So that's the Machalik. Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Nishalik Yushalayim Lashvatim. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it was Nishalik, and therefore the only thing that doesn't have defined Bailam is the Makam Mekudosh, the Shuls, the Besamekdash. But the individual houses in Yushalayim, those were divided up. So that's the, that's the underlying Machalik. So we put it in the Hani and it's like the following Machalik. So now the Besamekdash bordered. On the Chalik of Yehuda and Binyamin. So we want to know which parts of the Beis Hamikdash were in Yehuda and which parts were in Binyamin. So the less Kadosh parts, okay, which we're going to see a fascinating thing from here. That the that the Harabayas, the Lishkois, the Azaros, those were all in Yehuda's portion. So the Ulam, right, going in, the Ulam, the Hechel, Beis Kadosh that was that was in 
the chilek of Binyamin. So we know that when we look at the base Migdash, we've had this in Yuma, right? So it go, we go east to west as far as Kedusha is concerned. So the least Kadosh part was Yehuda. And then everything passed, passed the Azara. So that was in Binyamin. Now what it turns out is that the, the Mizbeach and west, as we go Kadosh, Mizbeach, Ulam, right? Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadoshim, were all in Chilek of Binyamin, except for the southern strip of the Mizbeach, which was the strip that did not have a Yusoid. So that was So it was an even split, right? It went all the way till the Mizbeach, and that was Yehuda, and then the Mizbeach and on was Binyamin, except for the southern strip of the Mizbeach that Yehuda jutted out. And and it was on that southern strip that the Mizbeach was built. Right? He wanted to swallow that piece, meaning it was a, he was missing part of the of his chelik that Yehuda Kaviachol took it. Shenamar, the pasuk says chayfef was a lashon of rubbing or agitated. Chayfef for love kol hayoyim. That Benjamin was agitated about the fact that Yehuda got a little piece that's the southern strip of where the Mizbeach is built. Therefore, this is Chos, so we had the Beis HaMikdash all set up as far as who, whose Chelek it would be in. As a Chos, because Yehuda jotted into Benjamin, therefore the Shechina was put in the Kodesh HaKadashim. So Benjamin ended up with the most Kodesh place because of this strip that he seeded, or that was a strip, the southern strip, that was uh, in Yehuda's chelik. The high Tana, okay, so what do we see here over here? So, okay, now this Tana obviously holds. If we're talking about Binyamin and Yehuda and uh, this strip and, and, and now we horse trade, right? So instead of the, the strips, so therefore he got the Kedusha. So if we're talking about all that, so then obviously Yushalayim was Nishalko Lashvatim. It was obviously divided up to different families, to different Shvatim, okay? So that's that Tana. So that is like the Tana of Rabbi Yehuda, who said that, what do, what do we say? Only Makam Mekudosh is not Matama Benagayim, because like Shul's and like the Beis HaMikdash, but the private properties which have Bailim, that was, we see that Yushalayim was definitely divided up, and therefore that would be Matama Benagayim. And the high Tana Savalon is Chakul Yushalayim Lishvatim. And the Rabbanon, who said that Yushalayim has no Tumas Tsaras at all is because Yushalayim was not divided up. <coughs> because where do we see this? Because the Tanya you can't rent out houses in Yushalayim because it's not theirs. Now Rashi says, for the Ulrich Golem time, no such thing as rental. You go ahead and you stay there for free. And that Rashi says Ulrigalum time, which is presents a problem. It's Mashma that the other times they were owners of it. So the Ramam, in fact, says that at no time, anywhere in Yushalayim, if, I guess he's going with the, this man number of holds, Yushalayim was not Nishalka, and therefore you can never rent it. So have they answer for Rashi that no, what we mean is like this, that really it was never Nishalka, and therefore, but Lamaisa, people had, they, they were, it wasn't divided, it wasn't theirs, but they went ahead and built a house. So they have some sort of bylaws on the house, built a house on property that wasn't, it was, it, it would, they were given the ability to live there, but it wasn't really theirs. So therefore, there was just a takana. The underlying concept of the takana was because the land was never nishalka, even though they built a house on it. So therefore, you can rent it out all other times of the year. But when it comes to the shalosh regalim, then you can't rent it out.
And that was the Takana. That's the way to understand the Takana according to Rashi. Okay, why can't they rent it out? Because it's not theirs. Okay, you can't, not only can't you rent a house, you can't even rent a bed. Since there was no rent, so there was, we looked the other way, we allowed the Balabatim, so they were hosting people to take the Oyrois of the Kachim, the hides that the people would come up and bring, so we allowed them to take it. Amar Abaya, Shema Mino, Erech Ari, we see that it's the proper thing, Lemishbag inish gulfa umishcha bu'ushbiza, that when you say at a host, you say at somebody's house, leave some good stuff over. Leave over, gulfa is like klicheres, like pachem ketanem, umishcha, and that's again the hides of the carbon. we see that that was the proper thing when you stay at somebody's house, leave something good over. Amar Rava, now let's go back all the way back. Okay, we're well, back to shul. We said that if it's a shul is sold, then you need to use the money. Myelin because of shame or reason, you have to go up in kedusha. That which we said that the money, the proceeds from the sale of a shul, either like we said a kfarim or krachim, if it was done all tonight. But that which we said the proceeds are going to go ahead and have to go up in Kedusha, that is only that the city council, we call them seven public, there was a public sale done by the city council, so then we say if it was a private sale, then we say that it retains its Kedusha. But if it was done on a public sale... City Council plus Anche Maimada Ear, Avamachu Shiva Tavir, Anche Maimada Ear, then Afilu Lemishta Beshechra. You could even use, you can go, go ahead and you can use the money to buy a brewery. Who's, if it's not the Tavir who is selling it, who's doing it? Some Private group. Some Schnells. No, no, they had the little Stiebel. Kfarim. No, 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 no. It was, it was the Shul of the Kfarim. So it belonged, it was a much more defined group of people. The Kfarim villages could have 15 people in them. 20 people. Right. Or, or we're talking about a smaller shul. Yeah. Not a public shul. I think it has to do with like, like if there was a small, like we saw by Trusium, we saw this concept right. as well. Right. So this is talking, the Tevye area is talking about a small place, talking about a big city. It's talking about, it, it's talking about a yeah, small shul. Small shul. That's small shul. Which, Mistama, you have to understand, like, it, it, as I said, it, this winds through the Rishayim and Achayim. It's very complex, but you have to understand that you're thinking in a big, different than the way it worked here. In the big, big cities, they had a big shul, small city, small shul. I understand that, but if, if it wasn't like Bar Park where there's 17 shtiblach on every corner. I understand that, but if there are defined owners, then what do I need the Taiba ear? You need the Taiba ear to wash the money. That's what we're saying. Meaning that if the defined owners sell the shul, it's exactly the point we're saying. If, that's what Rav is coming to say, if we go ahead and sell the shul, the owners of the shul sell the shul, where you could sell it, it retains, the money retains its kedusha. you have to upgrade. But if it's done with the shiv and toiv in my ear, then you could use the money for whatever you want. Exactly the point of the Gemara. Okay, shopper, Donnie. Then you can use it even for a brewery. Ravina, Havaleahu, Tila. He had like the ruins, the Beknista, of a shul, Asila came to Ravashi. He came in front of Ravashi. Am I allowed to plant this? These ruins, right? The, am I allowed to plant in here? So Amalei zil Yeah, if you go through the process, you got to wash it, right? You got to get rid of the kedusha. How do you do that by selling it through the shivetovayi? They were building a new shul. They had an old one. They wanted to go ahead and bring the beams and the bricks from the, they were in the middle of building the new shul. They needed some more building materials. They wanted to take from the old shul. 
So to bring it to help them complete the neutral. Yosef becoming Bayalei, So we were asking the following Shaila Rav Chista, which appears in Baba Basra, that Rav Chista says you're not allowed to Lichachila get rid of an old shul, destroy an old shul to build a new one. You can't destroy the new the old shul before you built the new one. Hasam Misham So there it's a Pshias issue, right? Because I might go ahead and destroy the old shul and not actually build the new shul. Kiagavna, but over here, we've already built a new shul. I just need to finish. I need a little bit more material to finish it. And I, so now we're not concerned about Pshia. I've already built a new shul. Can I go ahead and destroy part of the old shul to use it to finish, complete my building? And the Mephoshim explained that over there in Baba Basra, there's a second reason. There's two reasons why we say you can't destroy an old shul. Number one, you might not come to build a new shul. And number two, where are people going to dominate in between? And that could still be a concern over here. And therefore, he said it's going to be usher. Don't destroy the old one at all until the new one is all ready to go. Okay, again, so when a shul is sold, so if it's completely sold, then chalufa vizuna means it's an effective sale. In a sale, chalufa means that the kedusha goes off. So what that means is if the sale is done right, if it's a good sale, then when you give the person the shul, they give you the money, the money, right, it washes the kedusha off. That's what we're essentially saying. Chalufa vizvuna, then we're saying, So the Kedusha goes out of the shul. Shari, okay, then it's going to be mutter, meaning you're allowed to do whatever you want with the shul at that point because it was done through an effective sale. However, If you rent a shul out or use it and you mortgage it out, so then, again, there was no transaction that would have removed the Kedusha from the shul. My time, it still has Kedusha. Livni nami, again, we talk about bricks of a shul. Chalufinhu, vizvuninhu, shari. If you sell them, so now the Kedusha goes off through the process of a sale, then it's going to be mutter. Izvinu, aser. If you lend them out, the bricks out, it's going to be aser. Hanimili batiksa. That, by the way, is by bricks that were previously used in a shul. Bechadta, if they're brand new bricks, never used in a structure yet in a shul, less than, but you don't have the problem. Afilamanda, amar hazmana milsahi, even according to Mandamar, it says that designating something to use in a shul would be real. Right? When do we say hazmana? That is when you've completed the thing to use. So meaning, what we're saying is, when would bricks be bricks have the kedusha of the shul when you built the shul, even if you didn't use it as a shul? But bricks on their own, even though you said you're going to use those bricks for a shul, that is not considered hazmana. That... You know what this is compared to? This is just like a person wants to go ahead and beg at Lemais, right? We say it has a Kedusha. You cannot let it take it. So if you go ahead and you hasmana, you sow the beged, and it's Aymid, even if he didn't use the mace, didn't use it yet, it's still going to be Asr. But here we're saying it's not even like you sowed the beged. It's here like you just made the string. That is a hasmana, the hasmana. That is not considered setting it aside for Kedusha. So too over here, the bricks, even though you bought bricks to use for a shul, that is not, they don't have the Kedusha of the shul until you actually build the shul. Okay, Matana. Now what about a Matana? What happens if, if the shul was given to an individual with Matana? So we said that if you rented it, the shul to an individual, then the shul still retains its Kedusha. If you sold it, sold the shul, then that washes the Kedusha out of the shul. What happens if you give it as Matana? Sounds like in between. Man da asar, he says, Bahai tifka kedusha. Say, 
Okay, so the man number says, Oh, sir, really? You want to say by giving something as a matana, you can get the Kedusha out? You need a sale. Right? Why? Nobody gives a gift for no reason. And therefore, the reason he's, the person is giving the shul as a gift is because he's getting something back in return. So really, it is a sale, it's an exchange. What we're saying is, renting something, the Kedusha doesn't go away. When I sell it, that's essentially an exchange. So then, in the exchange, the Kedusha goes away. Matana, there's a machlekes. It looks like I'm just giving, more like, a, like, like renting, like borrowing, I would say. It looks like you're lending it. No, we say that no, the other matanah holds that since it's a matana, must be, nobody gives a gift for no reason. Must be you got something back in return. And therefore, in that, that's called an exchange. In that exchange, the Kedusha goes away. Now, we'll go back to what we discussed in the Mishnah. We discussed this concept of We've, we've discussed a shul. Now, we, we illustrated that according to some Rishonim, the shul would have a din of either Tashvishe Mitzvah or Tashvishe Kedusha. So what are these Tashvishe Mitzvah? Tashvishe Mitzvah Nizrakin can be thrown out in the garbage. Tashvishe Kedusha, Nignazan, they need Gniza, they have to be buried. Be'elohim Tashvishe Mitzvah, what are Tashvishe Mitzvah? Sukkah, Lulav, Shefer, Tzitzis. Okay, so these are things actually used in the service of a mitzvah. Those can be thrown out. Be'elohim Tashvishe Kedusha, what are Tashvishe Kedusha? The Luskmi Svarim, that is the covers of Svarim, tefillin and mezuzahs, v'tik shall say for Torah. Okay, again, mantle, covers of the Sefer Torah that touch and that cover it, that touch the Sefer Torah, so that has a higher level of Kedusha. V'nartik shall tefillin, the bag of the tefillin, Ritzuasayim, and the Ritzuyas of the tefillin. These are all Tashvishet Kedusha and may not be thrown out. They need Geniza. They need to be buried. Amar Rabba, Meresh Havamina, I thought Har Kisuya. So this is the Bima. Tashmish the Tashmishu. I originally thought the Bima could be thrown out. Why? Because when I use it, we have a Cloth on top. The Sefer Torah goes on the cloth. <clears throat> and the cloth is on the bima. So the bima is not a Tashmish Kedusha. It's a Tashmish to Tashmish. And therefore it should be okay. Tashmish to Tashmish. Vishari. And it's mutter to go ahead and throw it out. Kivan the Chazina. The Mesa Valui Sefer Torah. Then I saw, you know what? Sometimes they don't use the cloth. They put the Sefer Torah right on the bima. Therefore, Amina Tashmish Kedusha Huva Asr. No, it's a Tashmish Kedusha. And therefore it's Asr to throw it away. Vama Rabbi Miresh Hava Amina. Hypirsa. So this is some sort of pareiches. They used to have like a pareiches, but it was on the inside. Rashi says, Yeriyash, a person, Sivas, Aaron, mi bafnim. On the inside. So some sort of pareiches on the inside. Huh? Inside of the Aaron. Okay. So high prisa tashmish tashmishu. So I thought it was a tashmish tashmishu, but, right, because it sits on the outside, what we're saying is what's considered a tashmish? Something that touches the safer. Encloses it, something that touches it. But here it's on the outside. I saw that sometimes they take this curtain off and or when they put the svarim down, they actually put it on top of this curtain. So therefore, Amina Tashmish Kedusha Huva Asr. So he has a din of Tashmish Kedusha, it's gonna be Asr. Ramarava hai tevusa. Let's say you have an Arain, the Irfit may Avde, that broke. So you know what you do? Me'avde Tevezutrasi. Shari. Kursaya Asr. So if you make it into another Arain, meaning it's a Tashmish to Tashmish, because it doesn't actually touch it, then it's going to be Mutter. However, if you make that, that Tevusa, the broken Teva, into a Bima, like we said before, Bima, sometimes it touches the Torah directly, therefore it's going to be Tashmish Tusha, and it's Asr. You can't do whatever you want with it. Ramarava Hai Prisa Devala. Let's say you have this cloth. Okay, Urea, it's like we said, the Urea, which sometimes touches the Sefer Torah, but it wore out. shari. So you can turn it into a cover, a mantle, a cover for the Sefer Torah. 
because it was in service to the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah was resting on it, therefore you can't downgrade it. So it needs to be a cover for Sefer Torah, not for Chumshi. So these boxes of the cover Chumashiv, the Kamitri, the Sifri, and cases that cover Svarim, Tashmish, Kedusha, Nenum, and Ignazin, they need Geniza. Pesumar says Pshita, it's Pashat that a cover of a Sefer Torah needs Geniza, or Chumshin. Ma'odetema, Hani, Lav, Lekavad, Abidin, this is not done for Kavad, Lenituri, Ba'ama, it's just to protect, it's done as protection, therefore it doesn't have a den of Tashmish, Kedusha, Kamash, Malan, no, it does have a den of Kedusha, and therefore it needs Geniza. Hahi, Be'Kenista, we have a story, the Yehudai Ramai. The Roman Jewish, uh, the Hava Pasis Lahu Id Runa. So it was in a different city. It was in a city in Babel over here. But the, the, I guess the Eile Rome, the people that came up from Rome, built a Roman style shul there. The Yuda Roma. The Hava Pasach Lahu Id Runa. So you had in the shul, you had a place where they would put like a, a funeral home. And they had a room off the side of the shul where they would leave the mason there. So we had a problem. The Hava so they would put the mason in the room off the side of the shul. And the kaihanim wanted to come daven in the shul. It's a problem because there's tumah in the shul. So also, they said, Take the Oran Kaidesh. Put it in the So go ahead and put it in the doorway in between the room and the shul. Put the Aaron blocking there. That is because the Aaron is a din of a du'ahavalu klietza asalinachas. It's called a klietza that is immovable. And therefore, the din is the klietza asalinachas that doesn't get moved in a makabal tumah. So it's not makabal tumah. It loses its status of a kli. And not only, it, it, it's a dub, right? It works both ways. If it loses its status of a kli, then it's able to be chaitzis pifneat tumah. The chaitzis pifneat tumah. Amulay Rabbanon, the Rabbanon said to the Rabbah, by the way, sorry, you got a problem over here. Sometimes they do, in fact, move the Aaron. Kimonach Sefer Torah, when they put the Sefer Torah on it. Okay, so we see it is actually moved. So the Rabbah said back, okay, yachi lefshar. Sorry, that is not going to be a good answer then. If they're in fact moving this thing around, so then it's still a kli. If it's still a kli, it's not going to be chutzpah from neatoma. If it's not chutzpah from neatoma, so then the kahanim, where we have to figure out some other eitza. Okay, now, Amar Mazutra, mitpah chutz svarim shabalu. There's a couple other quick memras that we have covers of svarim that wore out. You turn them into tachrichin lemeis. So we're saying is, even though you have to bury them, you could find an effective use for burial. What do you do with a Sefer Torah that wore out? You bury it next to a Talmud Chacham. Even if he's just a Shaina Halachas, okay, you still bury it next to him. He's considered right? So even if he just repeated over Halachas, but he wasn't, he wasn't a learner, right? He didn't sit there in front of the Rabbanon and work out Pshat. Still, he just was a person who repeated Halachas. He still would be considered Rai to have the Sefer Torah Buried next to him, um, or buried with him. That which we say you bury a sefer Torah has to be put into an earthenware. Klish and Emar, as the pasuk says, in Yermia bechlicheres lemaan v'nas unsatem bechlicheres lemaan yamdu yamim nabim. We put them in a klicheres in order so that it should stay for a long time. Okay, so even though it's a sefer Torah shabala, we don't want it to be exposed to the elements, um, and uh, and and it's going to be a bizayin to it, and therefore it requires gnizah, and that is how you should be gnizah it. So to quickly review, we said that if people in the city are going to sell a street, then you have to use those funds for something that's more Kedusha, 
We said that's according to Reb Nachman Reb who holds that a street has some level of kedusha because the mispal and an untinyus, but the chachamim hold has no kedusha. Based on Knesses, right? We said if you sell it, you buy a teva again, mylon bekaidesh. Now, by the way, this all this as far as selling a shul, b'shem Reb was rak shel kfarim nikfarim. Only of a village shul can be sold has defined ownership. But one of a large city, it is pledged to the Rabbin. We had three different ways of explaining to it, explaining it. Either we don't know who was involved in the building, or even though we know who was involved in the building, we don't know al das who it was made for. The das Rabbin, anybody can come and use it. That was the purpose, and therefore it can't be sold. Or the third, like we said, it's a din in kedusha. That is a certain level of kedusha can't be sold at all. Now, however, we saw caveats here. Ravashi said basically that it was done on his das. So therefore, even though it was a big city, still can go ahead and be sold. And we, we asked the Kasha, I, the basic necessities of Tursiyim, the Tzorif and Nechoshes, they sold it, and they did whatever they wanted with it. So the Gemara says, yeah, they built it, I'll die, das them. Like we've seen this example before. And we asked the Kasha, Rabbi Yehuda, that it's Eimetam ben Agayim, Mikdash, Mashma, he said, right, we, we got into this whole machlekes of, of Yushalayim Nizchalko or not. And in that machlekes, we went down the hole over there, but in, in the Machlekes over there between the Rabbana and Rabbi Yehuda, it seemed like Rabbi Yehuda was saying that only Makkah Mikdash sounds like the shuls of Yerushalayim could be sold, which would be a problem because we said that shuls of big cities can't be sold. So we said, no, when Rabbi Yehuda said Makkah Mikdash aren't Matama bin Nagayim, sorry, he was talking about Nagayim, not selling, but we said the same rule applies, right? Mikdash, it was because the reason why Matama bin Nagayim, it's not going to be Matama, it's because it doesn't have defined ownership. And you, we were talking about only, he said only Mikdash. That's what doesn't have defined ownership. Mashma shuls do. So we said, no, it means mikudash, not mikdash. Okay, and then we, had, we brought, we went into the machlikis over there of Yehuda Minyamin, and the whole concept of machlikis of whether or not Yushlaim was neschalka l'shvatim or not. Okay, let's back to ours over here. We said, Rava said, if you sold, now we said that was, when does it retain its kedusha? That's when you sold a shul, an individual or a group of individuals sold a shul. However, if it was sold with the city council, but my anche a year, the kedusha goes away. Therefore, like we saw, the Eitzor of Ashi told Ravina he wanted a plant. Uh, he wanted a plant on the area that was a shul. He said, "Make sure that it's bought by the shivatoy by ear. That then you can use it even for like, a, like we saw. Even can use it for a brewery." Okay. And then we asked the Shiloh, "What happens if you build a shul from new? Can you go ahead and be sacer to complete?" Now, to start initially, we said no. There's no havamina because you might come to shusa. Might not actually come to build a new one, but to complete it, would we allow it? And Rav Papa and Rav Huna actually said, both of them said no, even though you're just trying to complete it. You already did your, you already started or, or almost finished building your new one. Still, it's going to be usher. So we said, now, this in regards to how do you get the Kedusha off, that is only by selling. It has to be an exchange. But if you rent it out or use it as a, there's no exchange, there's no sale, Okay, you rent it out or mortgage it, then it's still going to retain its kedusha. It's going to be usher to use for any other purpose. And we said, so too, when we talk about the bricks of a basic Knesset, Yashan, same deal. It's got to go through an exchange. And then we asked the Shiloh, what, about, what happens? Oh, and we said that's only bricks that were used, but Hasmana doesn't count because even though we say, even according to my number, who says Hasmana Milsahi, that appropriating something for a specific use, that's only with a constructed thing. But if it's just bricks, like threads of a, of a garment, you can't, by saying, I want to use these threads to make a garment for a mace, that would not answer it. So too over here, saying, I, I want these bricks for a shul, until they're actually built into the shul, it's not going to be a problem. Now we said, what happens if you give him a matana? Does that count? So we had a machlekes. One of my numbers said, no, matana is 
not an exchange. It's not a sale. And the other man number said, no, nobody gives a matana for nothing. Must be he got something in exchange. Therefore, it is an exchange. And therefore, the Kedusha is paka through that exchange. Then we got into the concept of Tashvisha Mitzvah Nizrakin, which we said is Lul Shefer Tzitzis, Tashvisha Kedusha, our Nignazim. We talked about the Luske of the Sefer Torah and Tefillin. We had the Tik of Ritzuas and Tefillin. We had the whole, Rava said originally he thought the Bima was was going to be okay. It's only Tashmish to Tashmish. It doesn't retain its Kedusha because there's a, there's a cloth there. And then he saw that, no, sometimes they put the Sefer Torah on it directly, and therefore, uh, it does have a den of Tashmish Kedusha. Rava said that the Parisa, the, which was the urea inside of the Aaron that they had, would, uh, he thought originally it was Tashmish the Tashmish, but then he saw that they would sometimes fold it up and put the Torah on it, therefore it was a problem. Okay, we said, Teva Gedolosh and Eskakal, Oysen Lekatana Veloy Bima. Okay, we said you can make it into a small one and not to a Bima, or if it was made into a small one, it would still be a problem. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, then it would be okay. It would have been of Tashmishe to Tashmishe, but if you made it into Bima, like we saw before, putting the Sefer Torah, sometimes the Sefer Torah is put on it, and therefore it retains Kedusha. We said, Yuriya Shabala, and then we talked about what do you do with a Yuriya Shabala, make it as a Mechse, as a cover for the Sefer Torah, below the Chumshim, right? It's got to be appropriate. And we said, Zvila de Kamatri de Chumshim, so we said different covers or boxes of the hold. Swarm Shul Kedusha, so they have a din of Tashmishe Kedusha. The Havamina was that it wouldn't because they're only done to protect. We want to keep the edges. I don't know if they didn't have edges in those days, but they were all scrolls, but we want to just protect them. Kamash Malan, no, it's a din of Tashmishe, it's going to be Elser. We saw the story, we got kind of into the story of the, they tried to put an Oren Beknista of, of Ramai in Yehuda to block between the Tumah, off the side room where they would keep Mesim to make sure that the Kaihanim could go in. And uh, Rava said, go ahead and put the Aaron there because of Kli Esos Alanachas. And then they went and said, no, sorry, you, uh, you move that around. And therefore, it's going to have a din of a Kli and it's not going to be Chais, it's going to have Tumah. And then we ended off saying that the Mitzvah Chais Svarim Shabalu, the covers, you use them Tachrichin Lameis Mitzvah. And um, um, Rava said, a Sefer Torah Shabala, you could use it for a, uh, sorry, we said that the, that could be for tachrichin of a. Ha ha! I skipped one in the Gemara. Amar Marzutcha mitvachay svarim shabalu oisin as a tachrichin of meitz mitzvah v'zugin yizasan v'amarava sefer torah shabalu goyzin as seisel tamad chacham. Right, we use for a meitz mitzvah. Right, sorry. Okay, no, that was correct. Yes, we said that if 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 the cover wears out, you can use it for a meitz mitzvah, and a sefer torah can be buried. Bala can be buried with a Talmud Chacham. Not, it doesn't have to be like a Talmud Chacham that worked out different Mishnayas and stuff, but even if he was someone who just uh, said, who's a Shaina Halachas, he said over Halachas, so then, Paisik, then he would uh, go ahead and we would go, and then he could, he could be buried with him. And we said, but when you bury a Sefer Torah Shabala with him, you should bury it with, in, with,